0: Welcome to the official podcast of the Canberra Raiders. So
1: close to the Raiders! Emperor Party would be an appropriate
2: letter score! Oh! He's
0: done it! He's done it! Brought to you by OAC Digital. Come join us as we go behind, behind the limelight. Light. Hello and welcome to Behind the Limelight, like the Raiders' official podcast. Thanks to OAC Digital. Round 5 sees the Raiders travel up the highway to Blue Bet Stadium to take on the Penrith Panthers. We're going to preview that game this week. We'll also have a review of the Raiders' win against the Gold Coast Titans. And our special podcast guest, can't wait for this one. He's always a great chat. Sia Soliola. Can't wait to have a little chat to him later in the podcast and find out how he's traveling and what his thoughts are on the the, uh, the season so far. Joining me as always, Tom Logan, John Croyder. gentlemen. Uh, good afternoon, and uh, great to be back after another win.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was another sort of gritty sort of win against a uh, against who I would say is you know a team that's really on the rise and definitely a lot better than previous seasons. The Titans.
2: Yeah, Fortress
0: Jubilee, two wins from two. <laughs> How good. Yeah, that's right. It's the reverse Campbelltown effect for us this year. You know, a little bit of a... <laughs> Do not mention Campbelltown again. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of wins up there at Jubilee, the Sharks, obviously, and then uh, against the Titans. So uh, another trip to Sydney this weekend against the Panthers. As I mentioned, we'll preview that game shortly. Uh, we'll have a, uh, a chat to see a Soliola about what he thinks is going to happen uh, in that contest, and uh, it's going to be a massive one. I believe that they're doing... Um, A little bit of uh, promotion around some special things happening, which we're going to cover off right now in Around the Horn. Yeah, that's right. As I mentioned, 1991 grand final. Uh, Not so pleasant for Canberra Raiders fans, but uh, for the Panthers Panthers, that was their first grand final win after they lost to the Raiders in 1990, Tom. So we'll be going up there hopefully to spoil their party on Friday night.
3: Yeah, definitely. Uh, that rivalry that we share with the Panthers is something that I think pretty awesome, you know, the, just that, you know, similar sort of eras that we had that dominance and, you know, they had their first premiership but also even, you know, fast forward 30 years later, both sides are absolutely gunning for, you know, another premiership.
0: Yeah, so it can confirm that the, the kits that both teams will wear too will be the old licorice all sorts jersey from the Panthers uh, and, of course, our... Canberra Raider Milk uh, Heritage Jersey. Now, I know it's not <laughs> exactly the same uh, sponsor as we had in the 1991 Grand Final because that was, of course, a bit of Raiders trivia. Johnny was? I'm going to go... Woodges?
2: No, no, no,
0: video easy nah. in those two Grand Finals. Which fondals. one was so, Woodges? Woodges 89. was ah. so, 89. Yeah, yeah. So, but pretty nostalgic, the Battle of the Milks, Oak versus Canberra Milk. Uh, let's hope that the, the Raiders line comes out on top in that one. Um, A bit of talking point around the last couple of weeks, uh, boys, has been around this 18th man uh, rule and uh, the NRL uh, has... I like this that they've done... uh, they've taken some feedback from the coaches on board about the changes that they made because I don't think that the changes that they brought in initially were really going to help anyone. So what they've done is they've amended it this week to say that now if a player is injured... Um, through foul play so if uh, for instance a a player is taken out with a high shot and then that person uh, that's committed the offense is either sin binned or sent off then the club has the ability to bring an 18th man into the game and it does not have to be a development player it can now be somebody that's been named in that 21 so I think that teams will have to name an 18th man uh, that one hour before kickoff and then that person will warm up and sit on the bench in full kit not really knowing if they're going to play or not, but having to be prepared.
2: Yeah, I really like this for a number of reasons. The first one being that your development players actually get to be playing playing footy and that's going to be aiding their development. And also just logistically, often you'll be carrying an 18th man on an away trip, for example. Let's say we're playing up in Queensland and um, you've got a guy there who's who can step in if someone gets injured in the warm-up. Like Realistically, you, you wouldn't want to be taking two people up for that sort of occasion so I think it's a really smart move we can do that and then also that foul play factor as well I think that's a really really smart um, move as well just because yeah if someone's doing something foul and they're taking out let's say it's a let's say in some strange hypothetical world Jack White gets taken out late after he's kicking or something like that Um,
0: that doesn't happen
2: I've I've never seen (laughs) that happen but you know a team could lose their best player mm. and and um, and be down
0: one person. Exactly. Effectively.
2: So has that happened? That, I feel like that's
0: happened to us recently in the past. I, not from foul play. We've had a yeah. couple of players that went down with the HIA. So of course the, the rule's still in place that if you have the triple HIA, which like that's a that's a long shot. But you know we are seeing more and more concussion mm. players ruled out each week. So it is a possibility. Um, was the other way that you could get your 18th man involved in the game but um, having to nominate that person you know it's still tricky because you never know what position's going to go down so you have to be a little bit strategic around which person you name there as well but um, at least that they're um, they're looking at ways to um, eliminate disadvantages from players being taken out from foul play and I think that's only a, a positive step forward little bit of team news now heading into this weekend Joe Tarpany back into the side um recovered from that ankle injury uh against the uh the Warriors in round number three John uh great to have him back and it sees a bit of a reshuffle there Ryan Sutton moving to the front row and
2: unfortunately for Dunan Armas louis he drops out of the the 17. Yeah it's tough on Nami but Ryan Sutton he's done everything he could have done um filling in for Joe Tarpany he's um you know, he's a try-scoring machine now, two tries in two <laughs> games. And um, just that constant, um, just that workload that he gets through. Joe Tarpanay, we, we talked over the last couple of years on this podcast, just sometimes after after an injury or start of the season, he'll take a couple of weeks to get into it. But he's been absolutely flying, and it's great to be able to have him straight back into the team at lock because he's such a good runner of the ball. One thing that impressed me about Nami was he,
3: he mentioned in, or alluded to in, I think, his media uh, press or media opportunity earlier in the week that he said that you know he'd rather be part of a squad that's got plenty of depth and and put you know pushing for those places in first grade than playing regularly week week in week out for a team that's you know lingering at the bottom of the NRL table. That's a
0: great shine of the a great sign, sorry, of the attitude that the current playing group has. Um, we've mm. got probably half a dozen guys that would um, you know walk up into a first grade side. Um, at the moment, um, you've got the likes of Corey Harrow- Hadowitunider. You've got Corey Horsburgh, Emre Gula, Dynamis Louie, Sam Williams. I mean, the list goes on. All these guys are capable first-grade players. So, um, you know, it's wonderful to see that they've got a really good attitude. And the Cup team bounced back really strongly last week with a sixty points to twenty uh, win over the Newtown Jets as well.
2: Yeah, exactly. They're showing a bit of showing quite a bit of form and. Um yeah, I think it was Brigham Keola So he was um, one of the young players who played in the local comp last year for the Raiders under-21s. Under yep. And um, also Corey Hutterwood and Nida getting a double as well. So... Really good to see um, him getting some form too.
0: Excellent segue into our final talking points for Around the Horn this week, John, is that the local football returns. Great to see the Canberra Raiders Cup, George Took Shield, uh, we've got the Katrina Fanning Shield and all the affiliated uh, reserve grade uh, and under-18s competitions restarting uh, this week and and great to see um, local footy back and uh, of course a number of former first graders still involved in, in this competition.
2: Yeah, definitely, and um, you've got the likes of Terry Campese still going around, Uh, Sean Fenson playing for the Sharks. It's really good seeing a lot of these clubs that had to fold last year just because of the financial strain due to COVID. They're all back. I don't think they've lost a team, which is fantastic. It's always a really good competition. And also there's a lot of the guys who um, were part of the Raiders' New South Wales Cup squad, that extended squad who aren't getting a lot of games um, because we've got so much depth, they're filtering into the local competition. So there's going to be some high-quality players in that comp. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. And also um, great to hear uh, Mark Vagano uh, was talking to him in the corridors earlier in the week and he also mentioned that um, registrations for junior competitions are, are really um, on the rise again. So awesome. great news for the local rugby league here in Canberra. All right, Raiders, 20, Titans, four up there at uh, Nest, Net Strada, Jubilee. It's always a <laughs> mouthful stadium um, up there on the weekend. A, a happy hunting ground for us, as we mentioned. Uh, and once again, uh, this this uh, win was built on defence, Tom. Yeah, definitely. That's – you know, people always uh, say that defence wins your
3: premierships and – that's another awesome sign that you know this team has really got sort of what what we're after and you know we we're, we're going to be right up there come the business end of the season
0: what i loved about uh, the way that we handled business on the weekend was that um, even though we had a fair few attacking opportunities in that first half and uh, i think we were a, it was an 8-0 scoreline or or something similar like that heading into half time I, was it 8 was it 8-0 8-4 8-4 yeah 8-4 yeah, sorry yeah, heading into half time um, we didn't lose any composure and, um, you know, that is the previous seasons we might have seen that if we'd, we'd squandered a few opportunities then um, we might have dropped our heads and, and sort of lost our way a little bit. But, John, in fact, we went the other way uh, and were able to um, extend that lead in the second half without conceding any more tries.
2: Yeah, and the, and the defence was incredible and we were able to just focus on what was in front of us. We weren't getting too caught up in the moment. It was just playing, playing what's in front of us. There was two... Two definite try savers. And I think, um, so it was that incredible one from from Jack, Ellen Anthony Don, and then Chance as well. But there was also one, Hudson Young. I think it was on Brimson. Um, he just knocked the ball um, out of his grip as he was getting close to the line. He might have been just short as just well. Just short, I think it was. Yeah, but, but he did that, lose it in that play, yeah. But that desperation it is. Was just mm-hmm. shows you, you how to much see. it means. There means was the almost
0: a second one. They only tried the night coming through Corey Thompson. I thought Chance had almost done enough to put his foot on that touchline, but the replay showed that he did get the ball down. But, um, you know, that just shows that the Titans they only scored the one try and to get that one try was a real hard slog for them. It wasn't like they'd made a line break and put someone away um, untouched. It, they had to work really hard to score one in the corner. So defensively, particularly in that middle field, that's really good signs for us.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it was a fair test too. Like Tino Farr, uh, uh he had a great game um, for mm-hmm. the Titans, but... We're able to handle him really well. Papa coming off the bench. How, how good was <laughs> he? He looked um, – um, he had a had a point to prove.
0: Yeah, he was really strong, um, as were all the middle forwards. Ryan Sutton again. Spectacular. A couple of little milestones coming out of that game. Joe Croker, um, one that crept up on us a little bit, um, became the equal fourth point scorer of all time. He now just needs one point to go past uh, Andrew Johns, and he's got Jonathan Thurston mm. in his sights as well, uh, Tom. So he just keeps ticking off those milestones.
3: Yeah, I think we better uh, embrace ourselves for those ones because they're they're going to probably come up pretty soon in the next couple of games. Amazing achievement, and I think Croaks is still only about 30, 31 So thirty, yep. That's that's freakish. Um, it's, but I mean, at the same time, we're not surprised he he can score at any point, and he rarely misses from the boot.
0: Yeah, and Jordan Rapana equaled Mal Meninga, I think, on the he'd become the fifth highest try scorer for the Raiders of all time as well, and um, a real fan favourite, um, Jordan, and he just needs one try now to go past Mal. So he shows, this year in particular, he's um, refound that try-scoring form mm. that he that he probably um, disappeared
2: a little bit last year. He scored two tries all of last year. He's already on three, I believe, for this season. So he's been fantastic, and it's such a good story. Like, he didn't really start playing for the race. It was about 26, 25, 26 um, just a great story of perseverance, and yeah, coming back from Japan, um, just found his feet a little bit last year, and he's just now he's back to his absolute best. I love when he goes finding the ball, and then that little combination between him and Croaks, like that was some of the best uh, footy you're going to see. Like, so much skill on that left edge. Yeah,
0: they've um, and not only skill but experience. You've got. Elliot Whitehead, you've got uh, Jack White and you've got Jared Croker, you've got Jordan Rapper I mean, I, I don't know the number, but if you added their combined NRL games tally, we're, with, we're talking six, 700 games of experience out there on that one edge and that is vital for a team um, at any at any club. And um, there'd be teams out there that'd be lucky to scratch 150 games of experience between their edge players. And we're talking, you know, in the, in the many hundreds of experience. So really good signs, uh, and then they're not showing any signs of slowing down. That first try where George Williams combined with Elliot Whitehead, then Croker and, and Rappenar to score, I mean, that was that was something pretty special.
3: Yeah, how many times have we probably watched that try and repeat? Uh, I really loved that, that sort of pass that George threw, and um, me and you were talking about it before, Johnny, but just the line that Elliot ran and to, you know, it was a tricky sort of ball to latch onto, but, you know, he went straight through the Titans' defence and obviously linked up with Croaks and Rapper and, you know, the rest is history.
0: Yep, a win, 20-4, to we'll put it behind us and move on to the big game against the Panthers on Friday night. Stick around, we'll catch up soon with Cia Soliola. You're listening to Behind the Limelight, thanks to OAC Digital. (laughs) Welcome back to Behind the Limelight. Our special guest this week is a man who has done it all on and off the field and continues to do so in 2021. Of course, allude to Raiders, I don't know, we say spiritual father figure but he's just himself see soliola
1: how are you mate good thanks good to see you tommy ben you too john
0: good to have you here mate yeah johnny's behind the camera it's good to share we share the love on the podcast everyone gets a run it's a bit like awesome
1: love your guys work yeah that's it (laughs)
0: Um, so, uh, Sia, first of all um, Obviously a really strong start to the year for the side um, mm. What's the feeling like amongst the group? Obviously a bit of disappointment after the Warriors game But, you know, really strong defensive performance against the Titans on the weekend
1: Yeah, for sure um, I think the perf- a perfect way to put it is that We're happy, but we're not satisfied at the moment um, Sorry, yeah, we're not satisfied um, like given, the, given the results um, have, been, have been great um, for us uh, you know, being able to uh, get the wins that we have and obviously the, ones, the one that sort of got away for us uh, from us uh, against the Warriors, we have been happy. But like I said, we haven't been satisfied for some reason that um, I guess the way to put it is that, um, you know, we've, we've trained and I, I think um, there's a really high expectation in terms of how we uh, produce those wins. I think we haven't got it to the standard that we sort of sort of wanted to put it there. But in saying that, it's only the start of the week. I mean, the start of the, the season. And you know, to, to say that we're three from one, like you know, we're, like I said, we're happy.
3: Jesus, I really like that. You guys are really setting the. From what you just said there, so yeah, you're really setting the standards quite high. So uh, as a fan, that's really awesome to hear. But um, you guys have been playing some really great footy so far. But um, you know, you're coming up against a pretty tough sort of Penrith side this week. What are you guys looking forward in that game?
1: Well, you know, given the fact that, you know, over these next two weeks we're going to be uh, playing the benchmark at the moment, you know, both um, Penrith and Parramatta, and not to look look too far ahead, but knowing that, you know, these two games, um, you know, they're currently sitting undefeated at the moment, uh, they're going to be a really um, great sort of um, gauge on where realistically we're we're at at the moment. And so this is – it's going to be huge for us.
0: You joined the club in 2015 and obviously those first – few seasons, with the exception of 2016, where we went on a bit of a run late in the season, um, were tough going and, you know, we lost a lot of those tight, close games. Do you feel a different resolve amongst this current playing group now that you've had um, two really good back-to-back seasons in 2019, 2020 and all the adversity that we had to go under last year? Do you feel like that, that the team's now better prepared to handle situations,
1: yeah, yeah, and you know, um, you know, we addressed that in, in seventeen and eighteen because con- you know those were two really consistent years where we um, we were known for the opposite at the moment. You know, we were called the faders. You know, we were only playing like sixty minute football games, and um, we really wanted to change that. And you know, for a couple of years there, um, it wasn't working for us, and and so you know, um, you know, a few things sort of changed. And, and in 19, obviously, we. Uh, made the GF and then obviously last year with um, sort of getting knocked out in the semis, um, one thing for sure is that we're, we're heading in the right direction and you know the true sign of um, a really good squad is consistency and that that's not just a, um, a seasonal thing, it's a it's built from week to week stuff.
0: One big thing that you um uh, were part of last week uh, in the lead into the game and something that you, you're going to continue to be a big part of going forward uh, yeah. is uh, Mossy Masoi and yep. we saw you had the, the strapping tape on the weekend with his name on it and you are really um, active earlier in the week and helping to promote uh, the fundraiser yep. um, give us a bit of an insight into your relationship with Mossy and, and, and how he is actually travelling at the moment because He seems to be that sort of character that's always got a smile on his face and very positive, but I'm sure that it's been a really tough time for him and his family.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, You know, when I first sort of met Mossier was around um, 2008, 2009, um, when he first got recruited uh, from the Roosters. And, you know, we we knew each other from there, but where where our relationship really grew was when he first came to St Helens and, um, uh, yeah, we we really kicked off, um, just us and our families, uh, you know, and Carissa And the two girls um, and, and my family as well You know We sort of grew as a family Not, not just um, Just blokes on the field as well And so um, it's, it, it really helps When your partner's and that Can really kick it off And Carissa And my wife Gemma You know They're really great friends And, and that today And they, they still keep in touch And so You know We we spoke about You know The dramas That they're sort of um, Sort of facing at the moment They they don't really like to They're very Um they don't really like to harp on, you know, all, the, all the, the the hard stuff that they're sort of going through because they, they really like to sort of put themselves in a really um, – they have the real gratitude sort of um, approach to life, you know, and they, that's that's the type of people that they are, and so they don't really like to sort of sink in that. And so, um, you know, um, understanding what sort of Mossy goes through and he's, he's the happy-go-lucky guy, you know. It is what it is. Um, things will be okay, things will be alright, but, you know, we're all human beings at the end of the day. I I think
0: he's just got an amazing um, attitude and resolve to the whole situation. But um, people can dig deep uh, and help him out because it's going to be a long-term thing and there's going to be a point in his life where, uh, you know, the the situation people will sort of, you know, forget about it and it's important that while the awareness is out there that we do as much as we can. So how can you go along and be part of that um, sort of fundraising to help him um, for the rest of his life type thing?
1: yeah so um you know um he's still connected with um the men of league so hes still his foundation is, is still connected with men league and menofleague.com slash uh mor so you can people can still donate to that um and his foundation's still up there as well um you know because he'll be back he's he's currently still in resides in England at the moment and he's still dealing with a, a few things um you know it has been highlighted um his rehab and stuff like that, but why hasn't it been highlighted is like the little issues that he's thought he's gonna to have to be ongoing through for the rest mm-hmm. of his life and then that's that's where he's he's gonna really need a lot of support behind.
0: Yeah, for sure. Menofleague.com, go and check it out. Uh, you can make a donation there to Mossy Masoi. See up uh, we've got some fan questions. We asked the, the fans on social media to send through their questions uh, this morning and cool. we've got a number here that we're going to to read through now. Uh, first up, Harry says uh, this me must be coming from the other side of the world. What's your fondest oh, yeah. memory playing at Saints, uh, and also which teammates out of that side do you miss the most?
1: Um, at Saints, um, oh, obviously the two thousand and fourteen Grand Final that we won, uh, beat uh, when we beat Wigan. Um, that was that was pretty huge, huge for the for the town and um, how we won it. Um, that was pretty good. Um, you know, I still keep in touch with a, a lot of good friends. Um, over there, uh, but Willie Munny was and and, and Mossier, you know, those were the two two big ones. And um, it's nice to sort of see. You know, I still keep in touch with the, all the other boys every now and then. I'll, I'll flick a message over to Louis McCarthy, Scarsbrook or um, Johnny Lomax, and um, sort of check in with those guys and then as well see how they're going.
3: We've got one here from Matt. Um, he's asked, "Do you prefer when you used to play in the centres, or do you prefer when you shifted into the forward pack?"
1: Uh, the forward pack's definitely more fun. Um, yeah, you don't have to. Um, the difference is, is that um, you know, if you if you make a small error here and there, um, there's mm-hmm. people around you. Whereas uh, you know, in the centres, I mean, uh, there's small small room for for error, and that's why I, I sort of feel sorry for the guys out wide, you know, because <laughs> it's like Freddie used to say, man, it's it's a difference, you know, between getting a try scored or scoring one, you know.
0: Uh, Gav asks Do you still have any aspirations to put on the Kiwi jersey And I'll add all the Samoan jersey yep. Or are you happy just to wear the green from here on in?
1: Uh, I think at this point um, I'm just happy to wear, to wear green um, Doesn't mean that uh, things and thoughts may change um, if, if the opportunities or sort of arose But I, 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 every time I spoke to Rick I said mate, first and foremost My heart um, and soul was going to be for the club uh, when I return, because I, I think that, or well, for me, I, I really want to prioritize the club first.
3: I oh, like this one here from Jason. What is Ricky really like behind the scenes?
1: Uh, he's a baby man. He's a, pretty, he's a baby. Like um, you know, in the good times, and he gets a pretty emotional. Way he does. he gets, he gets pretty. He wears his heart on his sleeve, and he gets pretty emotional. So nobody really sees that stuff. But when he when he sort of starts choking up, man, I I sometimes have sort of have a giggle as well. It, of a is, press, <laughs> it is funny because, um yeah. I, I mean,
0: I get asked it, lots of people do, um, yeah. what's Ricky like, what's yeah. Ricky like? Because they see him in the three
1: minutes in the press conference at the end of the very, game, but he's yeah.
0: he's not that person, mm, is
1: he? No, nah, no. Nah. Yeah, he's, he shows a lot of – he looks yeah, – yep. You know what, and and I'll,
3: I'll just add to that. When, when I came to the club, I was a bit intimidated by Ricky yeah. at first because, you know, you see that sort of perception yeah. of him behind the media, but I reckon he's genuinely – one of the probably best bikes to
0: share yeah. a drink with. He's got, with. A, when he's when got an amazing, <laughs> weird sense yeah. of humour. Yeah, he's,
1: he, he loves the giggle as well. He does. You know, he's a bit <laughs> of a prankster and nobody really sees that behind closed doors, but he, he does organise like a few pranks here and there. You
0: know, one thing that you guys have got in common, <coughs> and this is a question from Dan, is that you know why is helping the community so important as a human but also as a football player? And how do you find the time to, to balance both?
1: Um, well... I guess for me um i think it's I, i've always found it important and really um yeah found it really important um to to stretch out to the communities because it's 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 a reflection of um how i feel about this place you know and the only way i can think about um giving back is you know through all the community work that i do you know um it's just i, I I really, if if I really wanted to get connected with Canberra and the club and that as well, I'd, I'd actually want to sort of want to go and get a feel for it, and that's that's what I really enjoy about uh, this place because it, it really feels like home and then you're really connected with it.
3: This is another absolute cracker question. It's from Dave, and it's how does it feel to be Canberra's dad? Not just for the team, <laughs> but for the entire <laughs> town. <laughs>
1: oh, I don't know. I've never. Um, that's the first one. Um, First time I've heard that one but um, yeah it, it, it does <laughs> feel quite nice obviously there's a lot of responsibility that comes um, behind that but it's uh, pretty cool
3: but you do have the also uh, th- again this is another thing that people might not see behind the scenes but here you have the nickname Uncle and yeah. you know I, I assume that's because you, you know you're just like you know everyone's sort of almost father for you guys yeah. you know, j- how, did, how did that one come about was that,
1: that was, um, it was um Blake Austin and um, Aiden Caesar yeah they just it just sort of stuck, you know. They just kept on saying, and then yeah, it's, <laughs> that's, how, that's, it. that's how it stuck. Yeah,
0: love it. Uh, and Hayden, the final fan question for the week: uh, When you retire, would you like to stay involved in the club?
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, it, it'll be it, it'll definitely be one of the things that I'd really enjoy in terms of how I can really give back to this club because it's I've, I've, I've definitely gained a lot from here, and it's one of the things that I'd really love to do is to give back to this we, club as well.
3: We might have to find a slot for you on the, on the podcast. There's yeah. a sort of a weekly <laughs> segment. I reckon that yeah. could, could be uh, something to tee up. <laughs> I,
1: I think I'll probably um, you know, do the tackling bags. I'll probably be one of those One of those for th- filling those up those water guys. bottles, yeah, just hanging around. Yeah. I love that. Well, I'll, I'll probably run, yeah, run the bags or something like that for, <laughs> for the guys.
0: All right, time now to preview the big game on Friday night. Raiders-Panthers down there at Blue Bet Stadium, renamed stadium down there. Uh, in Sydney uh, for this one, Close. from all indication, okay. it's going to be a massive crowd. I think they're doing a um, they're doing a celebration of their first premiership in 1991 because yeah, it's the 30th season. Uh, this year for them So see Yeah big plenty voice plenty Simmons. Yeah that's right yeah. We, don't, we don't like to talk about that one As much as The 89-90 <laughs> no, grand no, finals But no. <laughs> It was a, a Cracking game um, and, and the rivalry Between the two teams You know Was really formed In those two years So um, I'm sure that there's Plenty to play for For both teams And uh, especially uh, For us As we You know Move into um, You know The the back end of the Sort of the first part Of the season really
1: Yeah for sure And you know What a what an opportunity for us as a club that we get to um, play against a really quality side. You know, looking out, um, look, looking at their back, um, back at their last four performances, and there's little if any weaknesses within within their game at the moment. And so um, it's quite a, you know, it's it's a huge challenge for us, and like we're really looking forward to it.
3: I really like the rivalry that we share with the Panthers. I think it's. Something that's quite special, and I'll tell you what: if if we can't sell out this game up there, then I don't think anything really will. But just looking at the two sides, obviously both have massive forward packs. Is that where mm. you you see the, the big battle?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, the spine as as well. Yep. You know, they've got a really um, great spine. Uh, it's quality all um, around. Yeah, yeah, and so, um, but yeah, like um, the forward battle is definitely going to be the one where it's it's really going to make a huge difference. You know. Um, they got a really great bench as well, and you know I'd like to think that we we got in the same as well. And so um, the quality between the two teams is it's going to be huge. And so um, like I said, uh, we we're going to have to be up for it.
0: Let's have a look at a couple of those key matchups this weekend. I'll start off with uh, the battle of the halfbacks, George Williams and, and Nathan Cleary. Which you know, if there's international football at the end of the season and a World Cup, this could be two players that go. Head to head in international jerseys as well. So, where do you see uh, the strengths uh, in George Williams' games? Sierra now that you've had um, a season and a bit to see where he, uh, how he fits into the NRL.
1: Well, definitely his, his running game's been um, his huge strength. But um, now, given that he's had a um, you know full preseason with us, and um, um, he's had a you know pretty pretty cool breakout season in that, uh, with us too, and so. Um, his organisation skills and his um, working with Jack, and you know we've had we got Hodjo now um, to help to help out. Then um, it's it's really it's really going to complement uh, Georgie's game throughout the year and that as well. And, so. yeah,
0: and he comes up against Nathan Cleary, who uh, without doubt is their central playmaker, all their attack yep. um, and their kicking game sort of centres around him. Uh, how important is it for us to? make sure we're up in his face and, and making sure that he makes plenty of tackles and has plenty of kick pressure on him this weekend.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's <laughs> going to be huge. And, you know, he's actually um, been able to kick them out of trouble, uh, Nathan Cleary. And so that'll be uh, definitely something on our priority list to try and um, minimise. Uh, oh, minimise, sorry. Because, um, you know, um, he's he's actually, you know, has a, has a quite strong running game in that too. um, um Nathan, and so um, yeah, it's going to be a huge challenge.
3: Yeah, I've gone for my matchup. This one really excites me. It's probably the two players from both sides that probably just go under the radar a bit, but they're very rated highly within their team. And that's Elliot Whitehead and Kurt Capewell You know, two quality second rowers. Both can play at almost pretty much any position across the field. Um, what do you what do you think about that matchup here? So, you know, how how important is Elliot for our side, but also. You know, Kurt Capewell, He's actually been putting in quite a number of really strong performances for the Panthers. I think he scored the match winner against was it the Storm a few weeks
0: ago? Yeah.
1: Um, you know, with Elliot, I, mean, I can't speak highly of um, someone. Of, um, Elliot's game. Um, you know, he. You know, for, for some reason, his, um, his work, his workload, and that sort of goes unnoticed. And, uh, Definitely not he, here though. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, no, no way! But um, you know, he's. We rely on Elliot and what he does um, off the um, off the ball and that as well. And so uh, he's been he's been great for us, and uh, he will continue to, to be like that. And Kurt, you know, um, we've seen what he's done in Origin, um, mm. and he's, he's obviously continued that confidence back into the, uh, their their penist um, team. So yeah, it's good. I'm looking forward to that. Baby.
0: Yeah, Tom is the um, also the unofficial president of the Elliot Whitehead fan club. Yep. Talks oh, yeah, talks about him all the time on yeah. and off the field. Big fan. <laughs> yep. Right, podcast prediction time. Let's have a look at the leaderboard after last week. Lever got the players on board. He um, selected Jordan Rapiner for a try. So one point to the players this week. Uh, I went for Hodjo two try assists, so I pick up half a point. And John went for a Bailey-Simonson double. Uh, unfortunately, um, Bailey missed out on the tries last week. So leaderboard, on in front one and a half points. The players on one and John on point five this week, Tom, what do you think is going to happen, and what's your prediction for the uh, the game? Is on uh, Friday night.
3: Yeah, try not to laugh, listeners, but I'm going to give more love to Elliot Whitehead. Um, I think he's going to. I've just uh, in previous matches against the Panthers, he he's one player that's always seems to pop up with a try against them. So I'm going to go Elliot for a try against the Pan- Panthers.
0: Yep, I'm going to stay on a similar theme to the matchups, and I'm going to go George Williams. To pick up a try assist from a kick this weekend I think that his kicking game um, is improving each week And I think um, he might um, be able to you know, set up a try from a kick this weekend See ya
1: uh, I reckon Jack will go over for one and um, he'll set up two
0: There you go, two try Ooh, assists like And a try to Jack White. And So we'll keep an eye on that We'll update you next week See ya Thanks very much for joining us today As always it's a pleasure to have you as part of the podcast uh, We wish you all the best up there Uh, on Friday night uh, at Bluebet Stadium, and hopefully we can come back with the win.
1: Thanks, Benny. Thanks, Tom.
0: Beautiful. There he is, C.S. Soliola, joining us on Behind the Line Light. Thanks to OAC Digital. We'll catch you next week.